Welcome to the What Even Is podcast, the podcast where we get to interview experts about different topics that makes us wonder, what even is that? Or what even is that like? I'm your host, Donna Trunk. Let's get started. Today, we're answering what even are healing crystals with our guest who is not only a crystal expert who started studying crystals three years ago, but is also a writer, radical justice and community empowerment advocate, healer, and a friend of mine, Chioma Kathoga Obuike. So what are crystals and why do people use crystals? Crystals are in a way similar to rocks in terms of like they come from the earth and they're just solid materials that can come from like lava that has cooled or can come from like extreme temperatures. And these solid materials, they're composed of atoms and molecules and ions and they have like unique microscopic structures which forms the crystal or the crystal and they hold particular energies because extreme energies created them. So people use crystals as a way to connect with the earth, but also to use the earth's energy to either ground or to cleanse their energy or to uplift their energy or to influence energies in a a certain way or bring energies, particular energies into their space, into their life, into their practice. You know how like certain crystals have like certain powers or something like that? Mm -hmm. How does that work? That's like really deep into like the scientific study, which is like crystallography. But so like I had mentioned before, crystals are formed in like extreme settings. So either like something as extreme as like lava pouring from a volcano and hardening and eventually forming a crystal. But like a lot of things are considered crystals, like snowflakes are crystals, table salt, that's a form of crystal. Diamonds is a crystal. And like diamonds are formed when extreme pressure and heat is applied to them. So it's the same concept that the energies or powers, as you say, that crystals hold come from how they're formed. The type of energy that the crystal has will correspond to how it's formed. And also, I'm using crystals as an umbrella term to include like gemstones, which are similar, but a little bit different, but have the same or similar properties and work the same way in terms of how people use them. So yeah, some crystals are edible, like pink Himalayan salt, ta- regular table salt, sea salt. Some are not, like literal amethyst. I wouldn't recommend eating that. Um, though there are some crystals, like some people do crystal infusion in like their water. So like they'll, and this is for crystals that are water safe because some are toxic. And so it really would require research. But there are crystals that you can put in like drinking water and then consume that. I personally don't do that. There are folks who do do that. But there are like so many ways to use crystals and to harness their energies. Okay, so so it's just sounds like a lot like a lot of crystals so then how do you know what crystals to use like in terms of your like your healing or just in general like how do you know which one is like for you research and intention are definitely the two things you absolutely need so starting from intention there needs to be like and know a self-awareness of what you're looking to achieve what your what energies you either have and that you want to uplift or what energies you're looking to attract and the reasons why you're looking to attract them and things like that. Research, on the other hand, there are so many crystals out there, some that are sim- super similar, some that are so- super different. And the way that you intend to use them, the research is so important because you could hurt yourself. You could get yourself into something that you have no idea what you're bringing into your life. Like there are pretty intense 
intense crystals that like the energies are so potent that it's definitely recommended you become well-versed not only in like the research and knowing what that crystal is and what it entails and what it comes with but also it's important that you are doing the self-work of like preparing yourself to have that crystal and its energy in your life in your space because if it's like premature it could be overwhelming or maybe like too much to handle one that comes to mind that I feel like TikTok um, loves to get in and out of debates about is Moldavite. Moldavite is a crystal that has the potential to do really great and beneficial things for one's life in terms of like whatever they're looking to manifest or heal but it's not a crystal that you enter into lightly it's not something that like someone who's never really unless like spirit guided you specifically to acquire that crystal some kind of higher power whatever you believe in as far as as far as divinity if you didn't get a direct download telling you that you need to go acquire this crystal right now you should just not enter into that lightly but also if you're fearless and you don't you throw caution to the wind then sure but not every crystal is the same in terms of its potency and how it holds its energy so that's why intention and research and self and awareness awareness of self and awareness of like what healing means to you and what your practices may or may not look like those are how you choose in my opinion what crystals for you and what crystal isn't for you and it's also a timing thing something might be for you now but might not be for you later so it depends on like where you're at in your life what you're going through how you're feeling and what's important to you okay there was a lot in that and i'm gonna go back to what you said with um it could harm you can you give like an example an example could be that um so some crystals are great for um communicating like for mediums who communicate with spirits or communicate with the dead and so stumbling upon a crystal that i want to say moldavite might be actually a good example i'm not a moldavite expert because i'm taking my time with that for anybody out there listening take it easy on me with that let's just use that as an example what is it used for like why do people use that one specifically um people use it because they're trying to level up so to speak in their spiritual journey a lot of folks that might be like ancestral veneration that might be just like different kinds of like spiritual practice there's a a seeing or like a knowing that crystals can influence and like can strengthen your ability to like see and know and when I say see and know I don't mean it literally I mean in like the medium spiritual kind of way like see like spirits or something right and like can be able to communicate and yeah just see that realm playing out for example moldavite that could be harmful to someone who has not done the self-work like shadow work shadow work is something that moldavite would kind of require that you have a relationship to shadow work before just jumping into using that it's kind of like a be careful what you wish for kind of thing when i say that crystals could have the potential to kind of be harmful to you and not harmful to you like hurt you or kill you I don't know about all that but just bringing more to your plate before you're ready to absorb that and it can be overwhelming um, very quickly TikTok has so much discourse on Moldavite specifically about like whether you should whether you shouldn't but like it, it just the potency like whenever you think about things that need to be diluted is what I'm thinking about when I say that like, like you would dilute the potency or the potential of things to go left with like crystals like Moldavite by doing your research doing your shadow work doing your self work doing your protective work as well with spirit work 
with healing, protection is a very important part of that. And sometimes I feel like it is overlooked, but when navigating tools, spiritual tools for like healing, it's very important protection be a part of your practice, your ritual, your process, etc. Okay. Yeah. So when you say shadow work, can you explain what that is? Because I'm not sure if everyone knows what that is, especially if they're not into like spiritual stuff either. Yeah, of course. I am newly learning about shadow work, but kind of like in a synopsis, shadow work, it's it's like an aspect of self-care that doesn't get talked about. It's you sitting with yourself, having conversations with yourself about the parts of yourself that you maybe don't like or you don't feel good about or that maybe are connected to trauma or um, it might trigger you. So it's like the part of ourselves that maybe is like least desirable. And shadow work just really emphasizes the, the idea that you're a whole person good, bad, and otherwise, and learning how to like become one with yourself is acknowledging the parts that maybe aren't as desirable. So some people that looks like journaling, some people that looks like certain types of like specially crafted prayer, when you water it down, it's really self-care um, or self-awareness too. Yeah, when I think of like shadow work, I think of like the stuff that people try to repress, like exactly exactly literally like the, the, the stuff that's in the shadows that like we don't talk about or acknowledge yeah or if it comes out in like different ways like say if someone has like anger issues or something and then they don't know how to deal with their anger it's like something like that just like an example or something or like depression or why people get anxious and stuff with the example of depression like learning about what and why the depression feels like it's one thing to like know that you're depressed but to really unpack it and to like break it down into small pieces and to get to know every single piece and be in conversation with yourself about those different pieces and like the understanding that comes from that is like very powerful and it's very healing but it's hard shadow work is not always easy at all yeah because I definitely started dabbling in it and I'm all like sometimes it's just so much (laughs) and sometimes you just want to relax but then it's like no I had to get this done I guess (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. I definitely want to dabble more, but it's just, it's something that's meant to be like a regular practice. And I know I've had a hard time with making it regular just because like the day-to-day in life makes it hard to have a lot of energy left to do that. And, you know, the goal is to be directing my energy towards self first and not towards other things so that, you know, but yes, I agree with you there for sure. Um, So going back to, because we kind of diverged a little bit, and Chioma, mm-hmm. I love talking about this stuff. So sometimes I have to get back into focus because I really like talking about this stuff. But anyway. I do too, but I, I feel you. So does the quality of the crystal matter? Is that like a thing with crystals? That is a thing because there are synthetic crystals out there, which, you know, depending on what your needs are, can be all well and fine. I personally try to avoid synthetic crystals just because the point for me of crystals and using them in healing my healing work my healing practice is the fact that they're not man-made right is the fact that like it's something that the earth produced as like not that they were necessarily meant to be tools for humans I think you know humans just kind of take everything yeah you know just are entitled but the fact that it came from the earth is what matters to me 
in terms of how I practice and what is important to me in my practice. There are folks who just like to have crystals around for aesthetics and I have no judgment for those folks and synthetic crystals probably would not be an issue for folks who are just in it for the aesthetic. But yeah, th- that's definitely a thing. But how can you tell like what's real and what's not? What's supposed to happen is that when crystals are synthetic, it's supposed to be labeled as such when you're going to buy it. Can I say that that's always the case? I'm sure it might not always be. You could always go to an expert if you're concerned about whether or not you're like, let's say you already have a crystal and you're questioning whether it's synthetic or not. You can typically go to an expert. I want to say also that there's some accessible research about how to be able to tell yourself, but sometimes it might require like certain tools and things like that. So I can't speak too detailed on that because I'm just fortunate enough to not really ever deal with synthetic crystals. I got introduced to crystals in a real way. Like I, I guess I've always known about them and been around them in some kind of way, but I got introduced to them in a real, real way. When I first moved to New Orleans a couple years ago, there's this place called the Lapidary in the French Quarter. And that's a genuine crystal shop. My introduction was very rooted in like the real like crystallography and the genuine like practice of crystals and crystal healing. So I haven't had that problem as I've gone my own business, come across the fact that synthetic crystals are even out there to purchase. Okay, so like when I went to this crystal shop and I like went there to like just look at like crystals and stuff and some of them are more expensive than others. Like for example, if it was like amethyst, one would be more expensive than the other. And then I like asked why was one more expensive than the other and she was like I think it has something to do with the purity of it and I'm all like oh I didn't realize this was a thing (laughs) because like they look the same yeah that's interesting because different crystal shops or crystal retailers or whatever however you want to call them they all do things differently I recently went to a crystal shop in New York, in Union Square. I don't remember what it's called, which is for the best because I'm low-key want a rash. So it's fine. It's, best, it's for the best that I don't remember what the name of the shop is. But I went in there and why was one little pebble-sized citrine crystal was like $28. And and like, I'm, I'm literally talking about a, a tiny little pebble-sized and I've never, ever, ever seen that before. And I was just like, and it's like, you know, New York, you know, like everything is like pricey as hell in New York and just different so was it like gentrified like you know what I'm saying like was it like oh they look bougie kind of um (laughs) yeah yeah. okay so there we go (laughs) it was yeah it, it was like I don't know. I definitely feel like when it comes to buying crystals, your intuition, your inner voice, your spirit, however you want to call it, you gotta let it, you gotta let that lead you. I feel like anybody who advocates for or is a crystal enthusiast or whatever will definitely tell you that. Like when it comes to you going to a location and buying the crystals yourself, you have to let your intuition guide you. That's typically like the crystal that you're meant to have will find you that way. So yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, so you know how you said like clear quartz is like mo- like one of the most common crystals? Mm-hmm. Are there more that are like, okay, so when I think of crystals, I think of like rose quartz, right? Even jade, but I feel like jade is only because I'm Chinese and we use jewelry all the time. But are there more that people always typically use? And what are they used for? Like, for example, what is clear quartz used for? As far as are there more in terms of like most 
universal that's hard to say because i'm coming from like my own lens and i don't know what else would seem super universal to other people but like you said rose quartz and amethyst are definitely up there but beyond that i'm not sure but um clear quartz is above all else it's a purifier it cleanses and repels negativity and is also great for using to cleanse other crystals so clear quartz pairs well with a lot maybe everything i can't fully confidently say everything but it pairs great with a lot i could like talk forever about clear quartz but the main takeaway with clear quartz is that it is a purifier and a repeller of negativity so crystals contain a bucket load of energy within them but they also absorb energy clear quartz is one that absorbs energy which is how the cleansing takes place how it's able to cleanse energy and space and cleanse other crystals so that's one that needs to be cleansed pretty often because it's the absorbency is like a big part of how it works and how it does its thing amethyst what is amethyst used for amethyst is great for soothing anxiety it's great for soothing insomnia there are some health related benefits to amethyst that might not come off the top of my head right now and maybe while I'm talking I can pull it up but yeah amethyst is good for dreaming bringing out like communications in your dreams or even having pleasant dreams it is like a balancer um, in terms of like helping you attract balance in your life and it also has like repelling negativity aspects too differently or maybe not as much as clear quartz and an assistant meditation it's a great uh, meditation aid that was the other thing that I miss as far as physically it'll help balance internal bodily harmony that includes like helping balance out your the way the endocrine system functions your metabolism and hormone regulation and it can also help reduce swelling in the body amethyst is like the like third eye crown chakra crystal so it helps uplifting balance because with chakras balance is like everything your chakra being open but also being balanced is like how you reach your ideal spiritual metaphysical existence um so it's definitely a balancer so okay so Kim Fung wanted me to ask this and she wanted to know if there were different crystals that were better to give like can you gift crystals? Because I feel like crystals are kind of like personal, right? Where it's like, oh, where I feel like I need this right now. Instead of you going out to buy a crystal as a gift. You can gift crystals. You definitely can. So crystals are personal, but that doesn't mean that like the only way you can have them is if you acquire them on your own. The intention put into the crystals, which is either going to happen in like how someone gifts it to you or how you end up using it really is what makes the difference especially uh, along with awareness of like the specific properties of that crystal yeah because now that i'm thinking about it i remember i went to a yoga class and she gave me like moonstone or she gave everyone moonstone which can you explain what moonstone is what does it do the properties of the moon and then the moon is actually like super important for us as humans but also for like the planet of course and like the tides and stuff um moonstone is great for harmony and peace and meditation and really bringing like a calmness and a tranquility to your space emotional I'll say emotional empowerment as well in my personal opinion because properties of the moon are very much tied to like emotions and if you think of like emotions as like tides high tide and low tide bringing like emotional balance yeah like cancers 
because we're known for yeah. we're tied to the moon exactly so moonstone is a great i don't so like there's the whole concept of like oh there's um this crystal is great for this zodiac sign that's a thing to a degree and like for example i think that moonstone is a great thing for cancers specifically to have or to use because obviously cancers are ruled by the moon but astrology is also so much more complex than just your zodiac sun sign so i don't like to get too much into the whole i don't like to think of zodiac or astrology astrology in general as a monolith because in my personal learning and just in like the reality there's so many layers and characteristics that go into you know zodiac qualities and astrology yeah it's not just your sun sign it's like a whole bunch of other stuff right and like even and and, and then it's a whole bunch of other stuff and then it's even more stuff than that like it's just it's a lot but yeah um, I have played around with the idea of having Zodiac kind of themed sets available through my shop, but I just haven't figured out how I would want to go about that yet for that reason. Because then it's like, what sign do you go but based off of like your rising or, or your sun or your moon? Right. And then there's like birthstones, which, you know, obviously are crystals and gemstones. Like for me, it would be aquamarine, but that I don't think that's not for all Pisces, though. That's literally from March and like, like oh, so sorry, audience. I'm a Pisces. Aquamarine, in a way, corresponds to Pisces as like a zodiac, but I'm a March Pisces and Aquamarine is the birthstone for March. But what about February Pisces, right? So it's like, it gets complicated and it gets kind of hairy. Yeah, that's understandable because I've also been learning a lot more about zodiac science and astrology and I realized how deep it goes and it's kind of a lot. And I understand like why you are kind of like iffy about it because you have so many different planets within your chart. But then even then, your houses matter too yeah some would argue that the houses and the placements of the houses hold more accuracy and weight than anything else in the chart so it's just I'm passionate about astrology and I, and I am somewhere in my studies but I'm not far enough along I am too far enough along to turn back but I'm not far enough along yet to have a full 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 grasp and so I like to tread lightly when it comes to the zodiac things We'll get back to my interview with Chioma in just a moment. I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting and listening to this podcast. And also don't forget to rate, review, and follow this podcast to hear the latest episodes. And a huge thank you to my cousin Kim Fung Nguyen for suggesting this episode. Okay, we can go back to the episode now. Thank you! So you mentioned with Claire Quartz and that you needed to like cleanse it a lot. How do you even like cleanse a crystal? And how do you know how often you're supposed to do it? Uh, good question. Also, I do want to say that the different crystals that I've spoken on and like have said what they're good for none of those things that i said are comprehensive um you'd really have to like go to somewhere where i've like written about it because it's one thing to like talk about it but to get a full sense of like what a crystal offers is just like a tidbit but anyway so as far as cleansing crystals there's a myriad of ways to do it you could cleanse your crystals by burying them and leaving them under the earth for uh but in soil rather for 24 hours you can cleanse them using um smoke from incense 
incense or smoke from smudging. You can cleanse your crystals in regular water, but that's only if it's a crystal that is water safe. Not all crystals can go in water because the water will, for some crystals, the water will erode the crystal and um, even maybe dissolve it. So you'd have to be sure before you put it in water. You could use Florida water to cleanse it or any kind of other different healing. Like Florida water is like a, a healing water cologne kind of deal. And there are a ton of different types of those healing water cologne kind of things that are um, used in different spiritual practices. You can also put your crystals in sunlight to clean them, which is different from putting them in moonlight, which charges them. So people say that like you're supposed to charge your crystals under the full moon. And that's true, but it's that's not fully conclusive. You can actually charge your crystals under any moon. But the thing about that, it requires um, some research. So let's say if I were to charge my crystals under the new moon, it would just require for me to get familiar with the properties and the energies associated with that a new moon brings so that I will then, because with charging your crystals, your intentions and your affirmations are important because that's that's your energy that you're putting into the crystals. And that's what you're looking to charge. Like if I was charging amethyst, for example, my affirmation would be like, I am charging this amethyst so that it will be able to restore its energies and properties in order to continue to bring me tranquility in my sleep or restful sleep or pleasant and vivid dreams or harmonious balance in my life or in my sleep or will continue to be able to ground me in my meditation practice. So full moons are great for releasing and it's just the moon is such a powerful entity that when it's full is obviously when it's at its most potent so like that's why people always say oh charge your crystals under under the full moon and I say yes but for me sometimes I have a lot of crystals for one so sometimes I'll either miss the full moon because I'm you know not super in tune and I have a lot of other things going on and it's easy to miss and so don't feel like you have to wait a whole month until the next full moon before you can charge your crystals again sometimes i'll charge most of my crystals and forget a few because you know i have them stashed in certain places and a crystal typically it's best to like decide upon like between your you when, when you have a crystal you kind of develop a relationship with it like if you're using it right if you're like either taking it with you when you go out into the world or if you use it whatever particular way you use it you develop a relationship with it and through that relationship you'll get a sense of like how often you should cleanse or charge also too crystals often like especially i think like citrine for example they will sometimes look like they need they're in need of cleansing or charging like and that might be like they might look like you know dull and dingy versus like i actually you know even though i own a whole handmade crystal waste speed business i only own one pair myself of waist beads and it's this it's a set that's 100% citrine and I've literally seen it kind of like diminish in terms of like its brightness and then I charged it and went to grab it the next day um because you know you're sleeping when it, you charge it and usually by the time you go in and retrieve it the sun will be out the brightness and the way that like it just came back to life was like unreal and it's again it's it's of the earth so it's kind of like like how plants are of the earth and how like when they're getting adequate sunlight it shows oftentimes especially if you're paying attention to them the crystals will let you know and if they don't you can also just 
pick a schedule that works for you or something that you'll remember there's like not really like a right or wrong way in terms of how often to cleanse or charge it's just like as long as you're being intentional that's what matters okay um just to reiterate just to make sure i get it okay um so cleansing you can use water but only certain crystals so you have to look it up if you can do it on water Mm -hmm. and then you can use the sunlight for cleansing right Mm -hmm. and smudging which is like you can burn sage or palo santo or something like that and use that smoke to cleanse it and then bury it in soil right um yeah and these are this is not like the full exhaustive list i'm sure there are so many more other methods out there i do want to say that i am an advocate for decolonizing sage if your people don't have a history of burning sage i might you know say question why you sage if it's something that you use i have been well it's also there's a shortage right exactly so it's like um yeah yeah um there are native indigenous communities that are trying to get the word out and trying to advocate for having access to sage because it's been so commercialized and that's anything that's like super heavily highly commercialized like to the point where you're seeing it in sephora and shit so sorry don't know if i'm allowed to curse um you should really oh it's okay oh great thanks (laughs) yeah (laughs) um you should really question like whether it just it just you should really question it um, at that point because anything that's like super, super commercialized more often than not is probably super unethical or, you know, going to be a shortage yeah, or an it's issue. It's like overfishing. Right. Yeah. So, right. What's, what's happening is that Native communities are trying to advocate for people to stop using and acquiring sage so much um, because it's often it's people who don't have a relationship to sage in that way but because it's like a popular thing to do or like a mainstream or common thing to do and you know light up some sage and boom you're spiritual it's really like it's gotten out of hand to the point where the folks who do actually use it in their actual traditions and customs and rituals aren't really having access to it um, and it's being over harvested so yeah feel free to look it up if you're interested there's a lot of literature and youtube videos and tiktoks and all of that about it and so for that is there like an alternative that we can use that isn't as unethical or a problem um yeah there are lots of alternatives i would really recommend looking into the practices of like your own culture just because there might within that already be like directions about what your people traditionally or indigenously have used and with that kind of like ancestral tie to the thing you'll really actually gain like whatever you were looking to gain by burning sage you'll actually gain by looking into your own history and like learning about your people and what they use i know for myself dragon's blood incense period like incense are a great one i love nag champa frankincense and myrrh sandalwood like there are a lot of incense that will achieve the things that you are seeking to achieve when you burn sage and a lot of times people will burn sage and think that it's doing something that is actually not doing it's just like again it's become so commercialized that like there's not really a lot of grounding of intention people just kind of like cop sage and burn it and yeah there's a podcast that talks a lot about the well like has a whole episode about this that's great called the little juju bay podcast no a little juju a little juju is definitely the name i don't know if bay is in it that's anyway but yeah um that one's great especially um for people of black and like african ancestry getting to learn about that as well as a bunch of other spiritual knowledge and tools 
Okay, uh, so the next question is, how do you use crystals? There are a myriad of ways that you can use crystals. What you should do is carry them with you. However, that looks like some people will have them in their purse, in their pocket, backpack, etc. I started making waist beads from crystals because I'm someone who wanted to be using and incorporating crystals more in my day-to-day life, but I was terrible about carrying them with me. I would put it in like my backpack and it would get lost in there and like it would slip my mind that it was even in there and then I'd find it weeks later or I would lose it like I kind of have a little problem with losing things so it wasn't as simple for me to just pop a crystal in my pocket and go about my day and so because of that I often just was not incorporating crystals into my day-to-day life at all so there are folks who make crystal earrings and bracelets and stuff but I had the idea to make waist beads because in my culture and just in who I am as a person the waist as like a body part is like a very empowering thing for me I feel like a lot of my energy and my power kind of like centralizes in that area and when I feel the my most powerful and empowered and vibrant I'm probably wearing waist beads and before I started making them it was just regular waist beads it came from the continent but I was wearing them for the aesthetic more so than to incorporate crystal healing so yeah I say that to say that jewelry is a great way to um, keep them on you and to use them but whatever you do and however you use them always align it in your intention i'll always bring it back to intention because with healing and with crystals intention is the most important thing yeah for sure i feel like with anything yeah really yeah and okay um i forgot to ask about the charging when you say to put it underneath the moonlight do you mean to like put it outside like how do you put it underneath the moonlight if you can put it outside like if your living situation is conducive to that by all means but i just came from living in brooklyn and that was not no putting it outside was absolutely not um, accessible so just in the windowsill just like in places where the moon is likely to come into contact if you have like i don't know sunroof or moonroof and house you know even better a deck like just somewhere in which the moonlight can come into contact with it so for me for the longest it's been windowsills because that's all i've had access to like you just open the window or does it matter that it's not like actually no it doesn't it doesn't matter if the window is open okay yeah yeah all right, because someone said that to me and I was like, okay, like I got to put it outside, but I'm not really sure. But yeah, thank you for answering <laughs> that because uh, you definitely didn't know. And also do check out her Wayspeed um, company, Embody Divinity, right? I'm saying that right? Oh, yes. Embody Divinity is my little small, loving little small business, you know, support a black woman if you about it. Right now, I want to say I offer like four or five sets. Um, I do. But Embody Divinity right now primarily offers speeds but like that's where we're starting and you know as we when I say we it's just me when expansion happens it'll be a lot more and it'll just be a whole bunch of things under the umbrella of healing and healing tools and um spiritual practice but right now we offer four or five different crystal sets and most of them yeah all of them with the exception of one are named some kind of African language that embodies what the properties of the crystal gives um, what they're about check out her way speed stuff because it's really cute and also you get crystals which is nice um <laughs> and she does it herself which is cool anyway so um are there certain crystal combinations that are super beneficial there can be i don't think there's like oh these there, there's like um how do i say 
like these ones there's no like certain combinations that would be all like oh like these are definitely the ones that you should put together type of thing right like it's it's more so like crystal combinations are a personal thing is essentially what i'm trying to say like there's not like an essential like these two crystals got to go together kind of deal it's really um the way that you combine crystals are about what you're looking to like achieve or attract and i'm trying to think like have i even like heard certain combinations talked about a lot can't really say that i have or at least nothing's coming to me right now but i'm an, a proponent of crystal combinations in a informed and intentional way it's very important to be informed before you go combining crystals because you could end up them canceling each other out and producing an adverse energy or effect in comparison to like what you were looking to achieve that's definitely important like before you go combining crystals just look into it um because there are some that can go together fine and it's no problem but there are some that absolutely shouldn't be put together just because it doesn't make sense and because they come with their own energies so the way that they will work together and with you because you are a whole being of energy as well that's important and it's like also when you're combining crystals you have to like question like why you're combining them and like what you're looking to like gain from that Oh, so like the combination itself should be intentional as well. On the top of your head, do you know what crystal combinations should not? Like just an example. Carnelian is a crystal that is very much associated with being an energy booster and like kind of like a revitalizer. And blue lace agate, that's how I pronounce it. Don't correct me. Um, Those in the audience. That is a crystal that is um, great for calming and kind of like helping you decompress. But those two together would be so chaotic and would totally cancel each other out. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so then like, so so I have a couple of crystals, right? Like I have like four of them. But then mm-hmm. like say if I got each one of them like for a different intention, would that like matter in terms of like the energy clashing? Not necessarily. The fact that you got all four of them for a different intention doesn't necessarily have to mean that they'll automatically automatically clash. But it's like if you look at the properties of one crystal and the properties of another, and if their properties don't align well, like they maybe contradict each other or they wouldn't work well together or they wouldn't support each other, then that'll set you up for a clash. So then how do you offset that? Like, so say if I have these crystals, I just move the crystal somewhere else. Yeah. Also too, like when it comes to keeping crystals in your home, crystal research can get pretty extensive in terms of like, there are recommendations for what spots in your house certain crystals should be kept in. And I can't speak to that a whole lot. That hasn't been the focus of my research lately. And because because I'm so focused in crystals as jewelry right now um placement throughout the house hasn't been super relevant to me lately so i'm not um i'm resting on that but also two two crystals that don't pair well with each other probably don't need to be kept in close quarters with each other but honestly keeping them in close quarters with each other too won't necessarily be like the worst thing but it just might create a little bit of chaos in terms of energy that's in your space um i'm someone who i'm a chaotic person low-key and my space can often be chaotic so sometimes um that I don't really notice that too much just because I'm kind of used to existing in chaos sometimes (laughs) but if you um have crystals in your space and you're feeling a little extra chaotic lately check on where they're at and check on like if they're all up on each other because that might be contributing to the chaos that you're feeling or experiencing or sensing is there such a thing to have too many crystals if you're keeping them all in like one container yes 
Otherwise, no. Okay, cool. Okay, that makes sense. All right. And then, like, where can you buy crystals? You can buy crystals at pretty much any botanica, sometimes even at apothecaries. You can buy them online. There are a bunch of Etsy shops. <laughs> I'm on Etsy too. There's other platforms that we're not going to mention because we're not going to give them free publicity. They're already way too big and you probably can guess what I'm talking about. You know, if you're in New Orleans, you can buy them off the street sometimes. Yeah, I would recommend when you can buying them from people or sources that you know something, a little something about like what their spiritual values are and like how they operate in terms of like spiritual practice and healing just because you know you're in the realm of like healing and spirituality doesn't mean that there might not be predators or leeches or negative spirits or negative presence in that but actually regardless of where you get your crystals from you should all ways cleanse them before you use them or wear them always because you don't know who had that crystal or where it was kept or how it was kept before it ended up in your possession and cleansing them is what protects you from whatever that could entail when folks purchase crystal waste beads from me i definitely always recommend that they cleanse them before wearing them Always, always, always. Because even though I am, I, I'd like to think of myself as someone who is spiritually attuned and pure and loving intentions and wanting to see everyone be happy and healthy in their healing. I'm also still a person. And um, just like people come with their biases and their stuff, I still recommend that when you buy crystals for me, you cleanse them before you wear them. And because you just don't want any outside influence on them. Um, you want them to be as they are. And you want your energy to be what influences them, if anything else. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I'm assuming this would be part of it. But like, what is your advice for someone who is a beginner at crystals? And how would you recommend them to start like looking at crystals and stuff? I would recommend having some kind of relationship to self first, because that is what is going to let you know which crystals are going to be meaningful or useful or beneficial for you. Clear quartz is always a great beginner crystal and something that I meant to I forgot to say about clear quartz earlier when I was talking about it is that it's also an amplifier which is a good thing but can also be rough if there is low energy present clear quartz can amplify that that's something to keep in mind and that's also too why it's something that should be cleansed pretty often but clear quartz is very beginner friendly rose quartz is very beginner friendly all of the crystals that I currently offer with the exception of maybe one are very much actually beginner friendly this is not meant to be fully a blanket statement, but kind of, sort of. It's kind of futile to acquire crystals before acquiring a relationship to self or requiring a relationship to healing because healing and what that is and what that looks like is so individual and it's so up to you. Um, no one else can really like define that for you. Just like someone might be able to tell you, oh, you can use this crystal for that. It doesn't mean that it's going to achieve necessarily what you are looking for it to achieve if you're just going off of someone else's recommendations. So that knowledge and awareness of self helps connect the crystal knowledge and it helps it make sense and it helps it feel aligned i would also recommend to start off small in terms of like maybe not buying a boatload of crystals right away when you're just starting out and don't believe everything you see on tiktok um so that's the end of our interview was there anything else you wanted to add in general 
Yes. What I wanted to add is that crystals are can be potent and powerful tools, but they are just that tools. I don't want anyone to like find a crystal that, for example, is meant to attract wealth and prosperity and go out and buy that crystal and then be mad two days later when they still haven't won the lottery because these crystals are not like a magician's wand. They're a tool and, um, and tools are something that you use in conjunction with to help you achieve something, to help push you for- further. It doesn't do all of the work for you and buying a crystal is not the be all and all of healing or attraction or manifestation it's one part of like an entire process or practice that is going to look like something different for each person i know that some people get a little wrapped up into i guess hoopla around crystals for that reason and i I always love to remind people that there are tool they're not a uh magician's wand so you wanted to do your own plugs, right? So I'm going to hand over the mic to you, metaphorically. So you can find me personally on Twitter. I'm at Chioma Said, at C-H-I-O-M-A-S-A-I-D. You can find Embody Divinity on Instagram as Embody, E-M-B-O-D-Y underscore Divinity, D-I-V-I-N-I-T-Y. You can shop Embody Divinity. The links are in the Instagram bio, but we do have an Etsy page or an Etsy shop that's Embody Divinity Shop, one word. The standalone website for Embody Divinity is actually attached to my personal website. So it'll be finessagalleria.com slash Embody Divinity. But I'm not going to spell that. I feel like it's going to be in the show notes. Yes, we'll put it all in the episode description. Okay, perfect. I just started doing custom orders in a real way via Embodied Divinity. So if you look through what we currently offer and you're like, these are great, but I kind of want something different, um, feel free to message me on any of the platforms I've mentioned. Each of the places that you can buy Embodied Divinity, you can also communicate there. So you can really communicate wherever you'd like. And yeah. That is everything. Well, thank you, Chioma, um, for doing this with me and definitely taking the time to do it with me. And definitely, uh, audience, check out her waist beads. I already said it, but check it out. Check out her shop because um, I really... Well, I'm biased because I love Chioma and I've known her <laughs> since high school. So um, I know how she is. So like everything's made with pure intention and love and all that and yeah so thank you so much Donna (laughs) it was a pleasure to be here get a 10% off discount at Chioma's online store with code what even is dash crystals that is w-h-a-t-e-v-e-n-i-s dash c-r-y-s-t-a-l-s until november 17th 2021 Thank you again for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with someone who will like it too. And please rate, review, and follow this podcast. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the What Even Is Podcast so you can tell us a topic that makes you wonder, what even is that?